context is absolutely imperative when trying to understand what the Bible is, is teaching us. If we want to understand uh, all the passages and understand what God actually intended by what was written, then we have to look at the full context of, of what's written. It's whenever we don't look at the context and we just take particular passages uh, by themselves, that has led to many false ideas or, or misunderstandings uh, that are very common today. And one of them is this passage that we find in Isaiah 14, speaking of Lucifer. Lucifer, as a commonly uh, understood or misunderstood, is thought to be uh, or described as an angel, an angel of God, uh, who was initially began as, as a good angel serving God, using his power as God intended uh, to, to serve God and, and do uh, his, his will. But it is thought that he let that power get to his head, it let that power uh, begin to make him uh, prideful, and he decided to use that power against God. He decided to set up his own throne and try to get glory for himself. And it said that he tried to set up his, uh, his throne alongside God in heaven, and because of that, God didn't allow it, so he cast him out of heaven. And this is, this is the, the common narrative that we hear about Lucifer. Most of those ideas, most of what you hear about Lucifer, comes from this chapter in Isaiah 14. There are other passages that are sometimes linked alongside, but most of what you hear about Lucifer comes from Isaiah 14. So that's what we wanted to take a look at. So in Isaiah 14, verses 12 and 13, the most common verses, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art, how art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend up into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. If we look at only these verses out of the context of the rest of the chapter, then it would seem to say that these verses prove exactly what, what we uh, said is a common understanding. It says that he's cast down from heaven, that he rose up, he, he attempted to ascend uh, up into heaven and to exalt his throne, but God cast him down. That's what it says. And taken out of context of the rest of the chapter, we can see how this leads to those common understandings. But if we back up in the chapter and we look at what the chapter is actually telling us, we'll see a different message come out. So in verses 3 to 4, at the beginning of the chapter, the message very clearly tells us that thou, that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How has the oppressor ceased? The golden city ceased. The Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. So this chapter begins by expressly saying who it's speaking about. It's not speaking about some other individual, whether supernatural or immortal or just a, a person. It's speaking about this specific individual, the king of Babylon. This is a message of the king of Babylon. Now throughout the prophets, in Jeremiah, Isaiah, uh, Ezekiel and other prophets, it is commonly said, uh, or is commonly described as a parable when a message is being uh, shared. A parable or a message of judgment being told against this individual. We often hear, take up a parable against this city, or take up a parable, or hear this parable uh, against this individual. And it means, listen, because I have a message of judgment I'm about to share with you. And that's exactly what Isaiah 14 is. It is a message of judgment against the king of Babylon. This is not 
referencing some other person. This is not referencing anyone other than the king of Babylon. And everything we read in this chapter after this, to the end of this message, should be read in that context that it's referring to the king of Babylon. But how does that description fit? We read that he ascended up to heaven. We read that he was cast down. He tried to set up his, set up his throne or his power in the heavens. How is that descriptive of the king of Babylon? And what about specifically that it mentions Lucifer by name? How can we say, speaking of the king of Babylon, when it says specifically it references Lucifer? Let's look at Lucifer first. The word Lucifer is only ever used in scripture one time, and that is in this passage. Lucifer, whether in English or in Hebrew, is, no, is used nowhere else in the Bible. So everything that we understand about Lucifer has to be taken from this context. Now, you may hear people try to link other passages to add more meaning to this, and try to link passages that refer to Satan, and say that Lucifer and Satan are the, the same, and you're trying to link those passages together. But you won't find that reference here. In this chapter, in Isaiah 14, you won't find any other link that mentions that this is speaking of Satan. It says it's speaking of Lucifer and the king, or the king of Babylon. Any link to Satan otherwise is just an inferred link because it fits the narrative uh, that seems to make sense elsewhere. Now, Satan is not the topic of discussion right now, but I would challenge you that to take the same principle of looking in the context and look at those passages that, passages that refer to Satan and see if maybe when you look at the full context that those passages might provide a, a greater understanding, or a different understanding, of who is being referred to. But coming back to Lucifer, the word Lucifer is simply a Hebrew word that means a morning star, or a shining star. So how does that describe the king of Babylon? Well, the king of Babylon was, in his day, the most powerful king that was king of the most powerful nation in the world. He was a rising star, to use a modern, uh, a, a, a modern uh, figure of speech. Even in today's language, we, we will say someone who stands out from the crowd, that they are a star. They're a star performer, or a star athlete, or a star player. So if somebody is a star, it means that they are setting themselves apart. And this description here is that the king of Babylon was a star, standing out from from his peers, the other kings and nations of his day. But also, this language actually fits with the description and the other symbols that are used in the chapter. It's speaking of the glory and power of Babylon that is shining and greater than the rest. And also, the fact that it says he was sent to heaven, that he is there in heaven, and he's not like the rest of the stars in heaven. He is like, he is a shining star, he is the brightest star, because it says, Again, that he ascended to heaven. But we'll look at that language of why he ascended to heaven. So let's look at another verse that uses a similar language of Babylon ascending to heaven. And what does that mean? Does it mean that Babylon, or the king of Babylon, was actually ascending up into the sky, into the literal heavens? Or is it, again, a figure of speech? Jeremiah 51 uses almost the exact same language to speak of the same individual. Jeremiah 51 and verse 53 to 55 says, Though Babylon should mount up to heaven, and though she should fortify the, heart, the height of her strength, yet from me shall spoilers come unto her, saith the Lord, 
because the Lord hath spoiled Babylon and destroyed out of her the great voice. So this is very clearly, it's, it's hard to misunderstand what this is saying. Babylon was rising in power, but at the height of her power, she's destroyed and cast down. And that is being described as mounting up to heaven. Uh, other examples of this is in Lamentations chapter 2, we won't turn these up, but if you want to, if you want to mark these down, Lamentations 2 talks about the destruction of Israel being cast down from heaven. But it's very clearly speaking of the destruction of the literal city, not some city in heaven. Again, Matthew 11 and verse 23 speaks of the city of Capernaum rising up to heaven and being cast down because it was a city that was rising in power but was destroyed. So we see this language used throughout scripture that rising to heaven is a rising in power and glory. And the history books confirm this. Babylon was the most powerful nation in, the, in that day. But not only that, at the height of the glory, at the height of their power, it was cast down and it was overthrown by the Assyrians exactly as God foretold. We don't have time to go through all the symbols that are used in Isaiah 14, but if you look through the rest of the chapter and you try to read it with this understanding, if you try to read it with the context of this speaking of the king of Babylon, then hopefully you'll begin to see a different uh, interpretation or a different understanding that this provides. And you'll find that Isaiah 14, instead of describing some rogue angel or immortal being, is a colorful and descriptive story of the fall of the king of Babylon in the height of his power, exactly as it says it is. So I issue a challenge to you, friends, that what other passages are commonly misunderstood or commonly used to support an idea, but may be taken out of context. Open your Bibles and begin reading, and read it as a whole, not as simple, small references. And when you read everything in context, hopefully this will tell you more about what it is and what it means than you may realize.